welcome to The Feathered Desert, a podcast all about desert bird feeding in the southwestern region of the United States. Well, welcome to The Feathered Desert. And today, Kirsten and I are going to talk about weird things birds eat. So have you ever heard the expression, you eat like a bird? What did that really mean? I personally never got it, but I heard it many times. If a person who coined, if the person who coined that phrase really knew what birds ate, I don't think that it would have been said at the dinner table. Today, let's look at the weird things birds eat and a little bit about how they do it. So there's the phainopepala that consumes mistletoe berries and a lot of them. This bird can do this because they have a specialized digestive tract to accommodate this particular berry. Then there's the American robin that changes its digestive system to be able to adjust to the transition from protein-rich invertebrates in spring and summer to the fruits and berries in the winter. And Kirsten? I have another one, although you started off strong there with those two birds. We're going to talk about the worm-eating warbler. This warbler is small, rather drab in color, with a black and buffy head stripes on its flat head. Now, the flat head is where he gets it. The flat head actually helps it to get into all the nooks and crannies of the forest floor, where it consumes caterpillars and slugs, insect larvae, but not earthworms, like the name suggests. This warbler has a beautiful song that helps it to live up to the warbler part of its name, even if it's drab in color. So then there's shorebirds and sapsuckers. Birds like the black-necked stilt and the American avocet are shorebirds that eat mollusks, such as clams, oysters, snails, and slugs that are found in the muddy water along the edges of creeks, rivers, lakes, ponds, irrigated, and agricultural fields in Arizona. Then there are birds that feed on the mucus of plants and trees, namely sap. Mm. I never thought sap would be the equivalent of mucus, mucus, but it is. So yeah, it makes me want to blow my nose. These (laughs) These birds are woodpeckers. The birds that are sapsuckers are woodpeckers, waxwings, kinglets, and warblers. So they all have a component in their diet of sap or mucus. And Kirsten's got two really cool birds. Yes. So now we're going to look at some birds of prey, the red-tailed hawk and the great horned owl. So everyone who lives in Arizona has probably seen rattlesnakes and red-tailed hawks. These are actually very two capable predators, but if they get into a situation together, such as an adult red-tailed hawk locating a rattlesnake out in the open, that snake is a dead snake crawling. Rattlesnakes are actually a favorite meal for the red-tailed hawk. And red-tails don't sneak up on a rattlesnake. If they did that, it would actually give the rattlesnake the advantage Instead, the hawk flies down and perches right in front of the snake. And there it takes the lead in what is often called the dance of death. I'm not making this up. It says dance of death. (laughs) And there are essentially five steps to the dance of death. One, 
The hawk will fan out its feathers, exhibiting its five-foot wingspan. Two, in response, the rattlesnake will rattle its tail in warning, and then it'll puff up to look really big and formidable. And sometimes this works, probably with young juvenile red tails. They're like, whoa, it is bigger than I thought, and he might take off. If not, if he's an adult and he knows what he's doing, we move on to step three. And then the hawk will hop or walk around, essentially trying to divert the snake's attention. Number four, step four, this will probably trigger the rattlesnake to snap open its mouth and display its five to seven inch long fangs. And with its coiling motion, it will lunge forward because once again, it's trying to scare that bird away. Uh Five, once he does that, it makes him a little vulnerable. And step five is the hawk will hop onto the snake and end the snake's life. That's when he has his neck all stretched out and then the bird hops right on him and ends his life. Usually with his talons, pierces right into him and the red hawk won't eat the head of the snake because he cannot digest the venom. So that is pretty cool. Yep. Pretty interesting. If you guys are ever hiking and you see this, take a moment to watch it because it's going to be one of the coolest things you've ever seen. (laughs) But not not a good ending for the snake. Not a great ending for the snake, no. But it's the circle of life and it's nature taking care of nature. But also keep your distance. You don't want to get involved in that. All right, so great horned owls also have excellent night vision, as we know, but they have a poor sense of smell. And this is great because it allows them to eat one of their favorite meals, a skunk. So if you're ever out in the wilds and you are in great horned owl habitat and you smell a skunk, but you can't see it, don't be too worried because you might actually just be underneath a great horned owl nest with the skunk up in there. Or, yes. Thank goodness, they can't smell Thank that. You. Yes. <laughs> All right. So we're going to talk about some fruit eaters. So we have the Scots Oriole and the Western Tanager and the Cassowary. So the yes. Scots yes. Oriole is a fruit eater. Not only do these birds eat dagger cactus fruit, but also cultivated fruits, such as apricots, peaches, and figs. I didn't know this about them. The western mm. tanager lo- lives off of insects such as bees and wasps in the spring and summer. And then in the winter months, it will enjoy berries of all kinds like hawthorn, wild cherries, elderberries, blackberries, mulberries, and service berries. And that's a lot of berries. Yeah. Yeah. So all the above-mentioned birds may be found in our state of Arizona, but there is one fruit eater that lives in Australia, in Papua New Guinea, and that is the cassowary. This bird is the third largest bird in the world, with an adult standing at six feet tall. They have this enormous feet, Kirsten. Yes, enormous yes, yes. feet. These birds live in the rainforest and are considered keystone species because of their role as a major seed dispenser of up to 238 rainforest plant species. Over 100 of these plant species depend entirely on the cassowaries to dispense their seeds. So that actually tells you that they consume a lot of fruit. Yeah, fruit must be totally is most of their diet. In some cases, 
I think so. In some cases, cassowaries are the only bird to be able to digest the fruit of certain plants. And one of those plants is the cassowary plum. And this fruit contains a sap that is poisonous to humans and most other animals. So the cassowary's unique digestive system, which is short and fast, and its stomach, which contains a rare combination of enzymes, allows it to digest the fruit. It's probably because it doesn't spend a lot of time in the bird. That, that's yeah. the, I think that's one of the reasons it can do that. The cassowary plum is an important food source for the cassowary, and in turn, the bird then distributes and helps germinate the seeds of the plant. Now, doesn't this make you think twice about that old expression, you eat like a bird? Because really, do you? 